When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Don McDonald, along with no one but you. It's just us. Tom's in an Uber or a Lyft or something. Don't know which one he chose, but he's going He's going to the World Cup. I'm going to stay here and hang out with you. And if you want some help with money, which is what this show is all about, actually helping you deal with money, in a straightforward, sensible, academically-based manner, then you really need to know this phone number. You may not need me or Tom today, but you're going to need us someday, and that number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We want to help you make more money in the future, but in large part, we want to help you avoid doing what we consider to be pretty darn dumb things. Now, Tom and I are always reading the financial press. We don't watch it or listen to it that often because it's even crazier than the than the printed word when you do the video thing like watching CNBC. That's just bad for your health. But we do read about money all the time. We read articles, good and bad, mostly bad. But here's one that takes the cake or takes today's cake anyway. It's an article from CBS News by a guy named Tim Maxwell, who really appears to well, not have a clue. Uh, his article is entitled, I love this name because it's a question, how does gold work? I'm sorry, how does a gold IRA work? I need to look at it again and read it more carefully. How does a gold IRA work? And his article could have just been a lot shorter. Here's how my, my article would read. How does a gold IRA work? It doesn't, period, end of story. There we go. That's it. It's over. He's suggesting that maybe you should have a gold IRA. Now, what is a gold IRA? Well, it's an IRA with gold in it. And he said, because of record inflation, and people are scared about stock market volatility. So maybe you want to put gold in there because, well, gold usually does really well with inflation. Wait, no, it doesn't. Well, 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 gold has done badly? Yes, gold has done badly in this period of high inflation. So what do we expect from gold? Why do we buy gold? Do we buy gold because we expect it will make us a lot of money? Well, if we do that, then we're woefully misinformed because the history of gold is one of no increase in value at all at all the the price let me pull up the latest uh, inflation adjusted gold chart i haven't had one i haven't looked at one of these in a while um if 
As a matter of fact, if you had bought gold back when it was near its peak in the 80s, uh, you've lost money since the 80s. Hold on. I want to get this chart. Uh, I think I'll do the 100-year one. That's a nice, fun one, isn't it? Inflation-adjusted gold price. Let's see here. Um, oh, we'll just go back to 1970. In 1970, inflation-adjusted, gold was about $1,000 an ounce. In inflation-adjusted, in the late 70s, it went up to as high as over $9,000 an ounce. Today, it's about $1,700 an ounce. Does that sound like an investment that has done really, really well? No, it does not. Really, the, the main reason people own gold is as a hedge against disaster, economic disaster. So where is the best place to keep your gold if you believe there is the potential for an economic disaster that will destroy the economy and make only gold valuable? Where, where should you keep that? Should you keep that with your IRA custodian at some bank in New York or San Francisco or Chicago? How are you going to get that? How are you going to get at that money in the case of a collapse? You won't. So what does a gold IRA do for you? Well, I can tell you a couple of things it does for you. It costs a lot. Gold IRAs have a fee to set them up. $150 maybe, $100. An annual fee for the for the cost for the uh, management of it, $100 or so annually. And then a fee to store the gold, which can be hundreds of dollars. So you got all these fees and they're eating into an asset that one, doesn't have income and two, hasn't appreciated. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Oh, I forgot to mention a cost of the gold IRA, the bid ask spread on gold. You also you have to you you get a lower price when you sell and uh, you pay a higher price when you buy. That's how the dealers make their money. And here's some a, another interesting fact about gold. If you had pl put a dollar in gold adjusted for inflation in 1926, you'd have about $4 today. If you had done the same thing, if you j just at, at the at the rate of inflation, you had a dollar. Just inflation would have made that dollar worth $14. So just inflation would have made it worth more than gold has. Gold is a terrible, terrible investment. 855-935-TALK is our phone number and an even worse investment in an IRA because the advantage of the IRA is that you avoid paying taxes on those big gains that stocks have had or the income that bonds throw off. Gold doesn't do any of those things. It hasn't had big gains and it doesn't throw off income. And you have to pay to store it. It's silly. It's such a, oh, such a ridiculous article. These things make me angry. 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald. And Mindy, you are next. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mindy. Well, hi, Don. Can hey, you Mindy. hear me? I can. Thanks for calling. Hello? Yes, ma'am. Hey. Okay. Um, I have a TSP account. And my concern is I hear some stuff about this ESG. And I listen to you all the time. And you had a, somebody come on talking about all the good things about ESG. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm wondering if that's a fiduciary arrangement. It hmm? it bothers me. I, I I don't remember ever having anybody on who talked about the good of ESG. I don't like I, I like the concept. I mean, I think it sounds nice. Social, yeah. environmental response, governance, responsibility. The problem is it is so ill-defined. It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are companies in the in the ESG indices that I would consider to not be responsible personally. And that's the big problem, is that environmentally, socially responsible, governance-controlled investing is really in the eyes of the beholder. Some will say, some might say that Exxon is in, is, a, is environmentally responsible because they're investing money in solar and wind. But what about the other stuff they do? I, I have a problem with it. So I am not a big fan of ESG investing. I'm really not. That's me. It's my opinion. I, I've heard this opinion expressed by others, again, because of the lack of clarity actual hard rules as to who gets included in these these socially responsible portfolios. Okay, is my TSP fund in? You know, I have C and S. No, no, no. C C and S and, and uh C and S and uh you know the the well the the, the G is government bonds. C and S and what's the other G. I I I um, those are just indices. Those are broad based. They just buy the stocks. C is the S and P 500. S is a small cap index. I is an, is an international index. They're not. Uh, oh, you enter Tom's, uh, Tom is listening. He sent a note. He interviewed Larry Swedrow about ESG. I did not know that, but I, I, I personally, I just don't think we should bother in your TSP. You don't even have to worry about it because they're not waiting for those factors. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thank right. you. Thank you for waiting. Thanks for calling Mindy. We appreciate it. 855-935-TALK. Can't get away from Tom. He's still there. Darn it! I thought he was gone. All right, all right. We have to we have to keep saying nice things about Tom, folks. I know you were yeah you were chomping at the bit, but you got to got to wait. Got to wait till he's on the plane. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number, and Scott is next. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Glad you did. I have um, about a seven hundred thousand dollar portfolio, and uh, about a hundred thousand of it is in a uh, traditional IRA. Mm-hmm. I'm 68, and um, I'm basically living on Social Security. I don't need to touch the the investment. Okay. My question is, um, should I be converting? I have a Roth, most of the rest of it in a Roth IRA. Should I be converting the traditional IRA um, mm-hmm. if I if I take take out about seventeen thousand dollars a year from that? Um, I keep I stay under the. 12% tax limitation versus once I hit 7-2, oh, oh. I would uh, go into the higher tax bracket of 22 or 24. Oh, okay. If you're talking about, see, I thought you meant doing it all at once, and that would just seem very silly because you're 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 faced with uh, with with withdraw withdrawals in a few years. But I think the the idea of if you if you can afford to pay the tax 
out of the income you have coming in or other monies that are not in the IRA, which it sounds like you can do, then absolutely, I would do it slowly and in a very, very strategic manner, which is what you're doing. You're saying, I'm only going to convert enough to keep me in the lowest bracket. And I think that's super smart because then it gives you massive amounts of flexibility down the road. You don't have to take those RMDs. So yeah, I think you're smart. I think you're real smart. Okay. Okay. I appreciate you taking my call. Good plan, Scott. Thank you so much. Yeah. Again, it's all about planning and we really are so big on planning because we do things as human beings way too haphazardly. We invest on a whim. We, you know, just decide that uh, we we want to get everything in a Roth so we don't have to pay taxes or whatever it is. We, we, we need, you need to sit down and do the math. <laughs> I know, I know you hate math, some of you. Okay, most of you. Uh, I did. How did I end up in a math business? I don't know. But you know what you had to do? You had to do what you had to do. I had to learn to work with math. I didn't like it, but I did it. Uh, you need to do the math. And it's the same thing you do when you invest. Do the math. Figure out what you're going to need, just like Scott did. He can live on his Social Security. He's comfortable. And it's a wise move because he's done some planning. So make sure you plan for everything before you do it because it's hard to fix it after you do it, which is another reason why I encourage you to call when you are being pitched something. When someone is saying, oh, you should do this, you should buy this because it's better for you. Oh, you should take social security early and invest that with me. Oh, you should move that, that 401k into my annuity because it's totally guaranteed and you can't lose any money. You need to start doing things deliberately, but with a plan. And we want to help you create that plan. We'll do it on the show. We'll do, we do it on the podcast. And all you need to do is give me a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And okay, you can call even after the fact because I, I want to help everybody get this right. And by the way, quick program note, on Thanksgiving Day, Tom and I will both be unavailable. He'll be in Qatar. I'll be at my my granddaughter's birthday party. And so we will be playing a very rare best of next Saturday. But we're live right now. Give me a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Right now, it's just Don as Tom is on his way to watch the World Cup. If you don't know by now, well, you haven't listened very long then. But for those of you who've listened for a while, you know Tom is the penultimate soccer fan. And so, so obsessed with soccer that he is actually flying to the Middle East to watch the games in person. So he is committed to his sport. 855-935-TALK is the number because I'm committed to helping you manage money better and have been since, you know, helping people manage money better since 1988. 855-935-TALK. Andrew, thanks for waiting and welcome to our little get-together. Hey, Andrew. Hi, I want to say thanks because you guys talked me out of my crypto. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, we talked you out of your Hello? what? What did we talk you out of? Out of my crypto investments. Oh, thank well, goodness. crypto gambling, uh, about yeah. a year ago, I called in and you guys 
talked me uh, out of what, what I had invested. Told me where to move it. So I owe you a big thanks for that because, as it turns out, you were right and you saved my butt. So, um, but today I have a question for you on. Um, I, I gave a pretty sizable gift to each of my uh, nieces and nephews when they graduated high school. Um, and most of them will need it at the end of their college experience, but we've got a couple of years to go, and I'm looking for a way to grow that gift for them while the money's still in my possession and wondering what my best option might be. Hmm. Yeah, you, you, you complicated the answer when you said they're going to need it when they get out of college. Um, and they're yeah. going to... They're going to yeah, need, where is it right now? You know, <laughs> uh, I purchased CDs for them, so okay. making a little bit. Um, All right. Well, you know, just, I, here's an idea. Like the idea of the money sitting and earning nothing. Here's an idea. Um, since it's so far down, uh, why not some crypto? That was a joke. Don't, <laughs> don't buy crypto. Uh, I, I think I would, I would stick with the CDs. I, th- I really think I would stick with the CDs. Okay, I was just wondering you know, if there was something a little more aggressive that would make sense. But well, no, because you know, the, because the because might not need it even the the problem is I know. I don't know what the next two, three, or even four years will hold for any part of the economy, and I'm trying to use economy instead of market. I I just don't know, and I and I I fear the possibility of a, you know, another bad market just when the kids need that money. So unless this is money, they, they don't need in its entirety for sure. Or there is some flexibility at the end of the road, then you can be more aggressive and you, you might want to consider, for example, target date funds don't have to just be for retirement. You could get a target date fund that uh, with a 2025 maturity, and if they don't need it all at once, that's going to be more aggressive than CDs and has the potential to make more money. Potential is the key word there. It could lose money, but it won't lose as much because it's a relatively conservative portfolio given that it's a 2025 maturity. So you could do something like that if there's flexibility. But there has to be flexibility. They have to be able to say, eh, okay, I can use less or I can wait a little while longer. If they can do that, then that's cool. So, okay, that gives me something to think about. Because, you know, I started Googling and there's way too much information. Yeah, there's way too much information and most of it's really bad. Most of it's really, really bad. And by the way, just to clear this up for you and everybody listening, we had no idea. We did not know that crypto was going to collapse a year ago. We d- what we were saying and continue to say is that it's been ga- it's gambling. And a gambler has to be willing to lose everything to gamble. So that's all we were saying is don't gamble unless this is money you can absolutely afford to lose. And apparently it wasn't. But we are not prescient. We do not see into the future. Uh, and uh, we're the first to admit we do not do that. So I'm glad you got out of crypto. Nice job saving for your nieces and nephews. I think it's wonderful that you're helping them out. And, you know, you're right. One of the times when they need the most help is right when they get out of school, unless they're going into a business where the salaries are huge. I mean, my daughter came out of school and was a teacher. She could hardly survive. 
So helping them out with a little money for some of life's needs or wants is a really nice gift for the future. 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald. Give me a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. You know, during the break, I was thinking about it. Uh, I must really like what I do. Because how many people do the same thing for about 35 years? <laughs> I've, been, I've been talking about money with people on the radio for almost 35 years. Wow. And podcasting and uh, actually helping people with money for almost 40 years. Although in my early years, I wouldn't really call that help. I was just selling financial products. It was before I learned better. And I did. I learned better. We can all change. That's why I have hope for the financial services community. I just hope most of the people in the financial services community would understand the need to change. And I don't think they do. I don't think they do because there's just too much money involved. And I think they can make a case. They can justify their actions based on the fact that, well, I'm making a lot of money for my family and the, you know, the everybody else is doing it excuse. Well, you know, everybody else is selling commission products. Well, folks in the financial services industry, everybody else, everybody else is not selling commission products. Everybody else is not collecting a commission of gross commission to you and your firm, and you know you're collecting it, of up to 10% selling fixed indexed or equity indexed annuities. No, not everybody is doing it. Just because a lot of people are doing it and because it's very lucrative does not excuse your behavior. You have a responsibility to the persons, the people with whom you work, whether it is legal or not. You have a moral and ethical responsibility, moral and ethical responsibility to stop doing the things you are doing to people. Your clients don't even know you're doing it to them. Do you think that's right? Really? I'm talking to you, life insurance people, duly registered advisors. And I know you listen. I know you listen. Because for some reason, you don't think I'm talking about you, but I am talking about you. If you've ever sold someone a variable annuity, I'm talking to you. If you've ever sold someone an equity indexed annuity, I'm talking to you. If you are selling currently, see, I can't say if you've ever sold a commission mutual fund, because I sold commission mutual funds, but I would never, ever do it again. If you are selling people five and three quarter, 5%, 4.5%, whatever the load is, commissioned mutual funds, or you are selling them B or C shares, which are the same darn thing in sheep's clothing, and you know it. You know it. You know that C-shares were specifically designed to manipulate the client into thinking they weren't paying an upfront commission because they're not paying an upfront commission. They're just paying it out in annual installments of you know 0.75%. You know it. You know it. And if you're having trouble, you know, you're thinking, oh, my job is so stressful. I have to make commissions every month. I'm having trouble sleeping at night. Well, you know, try being a fee-only advisor. Really? Okay, you might make a little less money. Might. You can make more 
if you work really hard. But it's an honorable, a more honorable profession, particularly if you make sure that you try to, you ab, don't try, you go out of your way to always, always, 100% of the time, 24-7, work in your client's best interest, truly their best interest. And you know, if there is a no-load fund with an annual expense ratio of two-tenths of a percent or one-tenth of a percent, and you're selling something with a five and three-quarter percent commission and three-quarter of a percent annual fees, you know, you know deep down inside, you're not stupid. You didn't get this job by being stupid. You got it by being smart. You know that the five and three-quarter percent high-fee fund is not in the client's best interest, and yet you sell it to them. Why? One of two reasons. Well, it's my job, or everybody else is doing it. That's not an excuse. It's not right. And I know for a fact that fee-only firms are growing. They need people. And the money is still very fair. And you get to behave in a more honorable fashion. Uh, I, I just particularly those of you who just sell insurance investment products, you should all be ashamed of yourself because there isn't a good thing out there in that business. 855-9... Sorry, I ranted. I'm going to go to the to the calls again in a minute. 855-935-TALK. Give me a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Got a little bit of time left in the hour, and we've got lines open at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I'm Don McDonald, doing the show at this hour alone. Tom's on his way to the World Cup in the uh, the Arabian Peninsula, <laughs> 15-hour flight. Oh, wow. I did that once to New Zealand. Whew. Good thing I had those lay flat seats. Anyway, give me a call, 855-935-TALK. And by the way, you can call us at that number pretty much any time. Because in addition to answering your questions on the show, we also answer questions on the podcast, which you should be listening to anyway. And uh, so we we let you record the questions and, and ask all kinds of things. And then we'll answer them on future shows or podcasts or shows that become podcasts, kind of like this one. And here is one of those calls. Oh, hi, my name's Joe and um, I'm in Florida and I usually stream you guys and I tried to get in yesterday, but I don't know. I never got in anyway. Um, it's today's Sunday. Um, and um, my question is a, a man came to me who's wealthy and he just sold a big concrete business that he owned and he's got uh, he, a couple 250,000 at least or more that he wants to invest in CD. Well, he said he's going to go through uh, Charles Schwab or Fidelity or something, to, and then they go to a bank, and then they get him a CD, Citibank, whatever. Why would he be wanting to go and pay a commission to Charles Schwab or Fidelity when he can go straight to Citibank? He's got their credit cards and everything. I don't understand that. I could ask him, but I thought I'd ask you guys. Why? Why would he go and pay a commission of some little bit to them? That's my question because um, 
I would like to, he says he can get like 3% or something on these CDs. Actually, he could probably get more than 3% right now. I've seen some of these brokered CDs, short-term ones, I mean, a year coming in well over 4%. There is a reason, and we've talked about it before. I've talked about it on the podcast. There's a good reason, and it's a solid financial reason, because the banks will will make available tens of millions of dollars in CDs or hundreds of millions because they're trying to raise capital to lend back out to people. That's their business. And it is a very efficient way of selling CDs. Instead of dealing with all the paperwork and the the personnel time of you walking into their branch, opening an account, buying the CD, all the statements and all of the work that comes with that, they can get a huge, huge lot of these CDs over to Schwab or Fidelity, and they'll do all the selling for them. And so they're willing to offer a higher yield for Fidelity and Schwab taking on that job. And what Fidelity and Schwab do is they play the spread. If they're selling you a brokered CD, it's going to be at a slightly higher price than the people who are selling them back to Schwab who need to, to needed liquidity to get out. You see, there's a secondary market in CDs, just like there is in stocks and bonds. So it's they're getting pennies per CD. There's probably no commission. I don't believe there's a commission at Schwab or Fidelity. Shouldn't be any commission. They're just getting the spread, and it's a few pennies. But when you have a few pennies times hundreds of millions of dollars, well, it adds up. So that's really what's going on, and it, it makes a lot of sense. It is a great way to get CDs. It's an easy way to get CDs. Just bear in mind, you really need to keep them to maturity because if you want to sell them back, you're going to get less than you paid for them. And the market also influences the price, so you could lose money too. So that's the, uh, that's the real story. Thank you very much for calling 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And let's take another one of those calls. There's one. Oh, no, wait. We've got people waiting. Ne- never mind. I didn't even see it. All right. Let's go to Steve. I'm going to go to that call. Steve, welcome to Talking Real Money. How you doing today, sir? Good, sir. How are you? Well, I, I kind of take offense to some of the things you're saying about certain types of annuities. There are a lot of con artists out there, and I understand fully that group of people. Yeah. But what you're not looking or you're not telling your customers, which is mm-hmm. your radio audience, is, so let's say you have $5 million. Yes. Would you put, first of all, what do you think about Jackson products? Huh? Death benefit only. I'm sorry? Jackson, Jackson product. Jackson products. Annuity. Oh, Jackson National Life. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know Jackson, Jackson National, National Life. Life. I, what? 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 Yeah, there are fixed annuities. There are immediate annuities um, that can be can be good for people. Can be. They not. They're not always good for people. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that most immediate annuities are missold because they neglect to tell people that the money they're getting back every month is partially their own principal, and that if you look, if you do the math, you find that it isn't until about year twenty that you actually start getting the insurance company's money as opposed to your own just returned to you. So yeah, I know Jackson National. They're a very good company. The annuities that I am 
totally opposed to, totally opposed to, are indexed annuities in any way, shape, manner, or form, or variable annuities. There are times when an immediate annuity makes sense. There may be times, maybe, and I think it's very rare, when an, an, a, a fixed income annuity makes sense. But uh, what kind of annuity are you talking about? I'm talking about a VUL. I'm talking about a variable. I hate variables. Hate variables. Hate variables. I understand. And, and you know what? Your experience can be your experience. I can go through and I could show you a plethora of clients that have done can you, very, Can very you tell, well. me, tell me what the annual fees are, the total fees, in a variable universal life or a variable annuity? Relevant. No, they're not. not. They're totally relevant because fees. De- fees. They're not relevant. They're t- if you have money, they're not relevant. Yes, they are. It's How can you say fees are irrelevant when fees detract from the earning power of your money? They take away money you could be making because it's not like the insurance companies have magical products that make more money than a comparable product outside an annuity. They're dealing with the exact same investment vehicles. So if there are two and three percent annual fees, that has to reduce the return to the investor, right? Here's my point to you. If you make 38%, 18%, 17% in the growth cycle, the fees are no longer relevant because you've covered the fees for several years. If you have a downside protection of 5% and you have the ability to invest in higher aggressive money, and again, these are people that don't need the money. I know, this but but why wouldn't but but, but Steve, why wouldn't somebody just take that money and put it in the same types of investments without the annuity wrapper around it? Because I don't have the downside protection and if I can make thirty percent one year, the next year make eighteen percent and then oh the market Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. It sounds to me it sounds to me like you're talking about indexed annuities. No, they're not indexed, sir. Okay, what's they're the commission? What's the commission? What's the commission going into this? What commission do you get? You're an agent, I assume. How much commission I do am, you get? How much do you get? Actually, to be honest with you, I don't even know because I don't just sell these things. You do. Okay, that's disingenuous, Steve. You don't know how much commission you make on a sale. I guarantee you do because your job depends on it. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to add a a brief addendum to that caller. Uh, This is several days after the fact, because when we're doing a live show, it's almost impossible to do the research necessary to rebut a call like Steve's accurately. And I want to be relatively accurate. I did know that there were fees, and fees are relevant. I also knew that there was a commission and commissions are also both relevant to the client and the person selling the, in this case, variable universal life, which is even worse than a variable annuity. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So what I did uh, is uh, went to Jackson National Life and looked up one of their, they have very, very many of them, but looked up one of their variable universal life policies. This is Prospective Investor VLU for the New York for New York State. 
and they have diff- different ones for different places because they have different rules. And what I found in this variable universal life is a number of very interesting things. One, there is a 6% commission on every sale made. So he makes 6% off of every dollar his clients put in. And that's not important. I'm not sure why that's not important. Then we have the fees, the fees that were irrelevant. Well, the mortality and expense fee is 1.1%. Mortality, expense, and uh, admin. So that's 1.1%. Then you add the fees for the mutual funds. And by the way, this is one of the less expensive variable universal lives out there. But it's still, these expenses matter because when you add that fee to the fee for the fund expenses, which can run as high as 1.02%, you have a maximum fee of about 2.1%. Just, wait, wait for it, just for the policy and the investment. But wait, because it's variable universal life, there has to be a charge for the death benefit, for the life insurance portion of it. And if you're very young and very healthy, that's not much money because they're not likely to pay out. But the older you get, the less healthy you become, the greater that will be. And the death benefit can can be as high as 8.3% per year. So you could be paying out older, in older years, later years, up to 10% per year on this policy. Now, how in the world can that not be relevant? Even in a year where he may have had a 38% return, if you were paying the maximum uh, death benefit charge, you'd be paying 10% per year, reducing that to 28%. Because you see, the same investment elsewhere, without all these fees and expenses, it's only logical makes less money. That's the reality. And that is not enough. And the insurance companies know this, that uh, that money they make in the good years and the protection against the downside in the bad years is not enough to make up for the high fees. They know that. And it, as a matter of fact, it's mathematically impossible for them to make you more money in good markets and protect you in down. It cannot happen. So these arguments made by insurance agents to keep their jobs, to keep their clients happy, as I said to Steve, they're disingenuous. And they can easily, easily be contradicted and debunked. But I do appreciate the calls. I really do. And and now we're going to take that really quick break that I delayed. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. One of the biggest problems I see with with conventional commission sales is the the, the typical argument is anecdotal. It's like, well, because one year we made 38%. But really, if you made 38% inside an annuity with high fees that, that are not significant, not important, uh, if you weren't paying 4% in fees, wouldn't you have made 42%? Hey, if you need some help, go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on the button, Meet with an Advisor. It's free, it's easy, and there's no obligation, and you won't get a sales pitch at all. Or you can give us a call at 800-386-3004. It's easy. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?